everyone and welcome back to our golden 20s we are very excited to announce that for the first <laughs> episode ever sadie and i are sitting in the same room recording together <laughs> it's so funny because like we were saying right before we started recording is we've been doing this for 40 weeks now aka like the majority of this year yeah and it's all been recorded virtually so now that we're in the same room recording in person it's like weird is this even a real podcast yeah we don't know how to act <laughs> yeah right. we really don't but i do need to give tegan a shout out she has us hooked up with the oh, most yeah. like official mics like the most official setup just came in and made us yeah a real podcast <laughs> yeah it's official now it only took 40 weeks i'm loving that but here we are here we are so for this week's episode, we are going to answer some questions we got on Instagram. I think we posted this like a couple weeks ago, and a lot of it's centered around motivation, which I feel like is a good topic to bring up now mm -hmm. as like the days get shorter, things get darker, a lot of people start to lose motivation. Exactly. So that is what we're going to start with. So the first question we got was with cold weather and shorter days. Oh my God. It's like they read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> we're all on the same boat here. <laughs> with cold weather and shorter days, I'm struggling to stay motivated. How do you find and maintain motivation? What I love this one. I love this so much because I feel like it's very relatable. Obviously, like you said, they read your mind. Like everyone's kind of in the same boat right now, but I've also been really feeling this. Yeah. It's like so drastic when the days get shorter. You know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. just like, I don't know, all of a sudden it's like 6 p.m. and like pitch black outside and you're like, okay, I guess winter's here. Yeah. And it's here for the next like couple months. You yeah. know what I mean? So definitely sneaks up and it's hitting me hard. But I feel like the biggest thing, and this was like a TikTok sound back when I was on TikTok, so that's a long time ago, but it was like talking about how you can't just wait to do things until you're motivated. You need to do things to be motivated, if right. that makes sense. Right. And that is a hundred percent how it works for me. Like if I'm just like, no, I'm not motivated to do this. And then I don't do anything. Then I get even lazier and even more tired and even, yeah. you know, more non-motivated. So it's like, you just need to show up. You need to do the things regardless if you feel like doing them or not. Yeah. I like the idea of like small manageable tasks. Like I yeah. keep hearing about on TikTok cleaning burnout, mm. which is like something I'm guilty of is like, okay, I'm cleaning. I have to deep clean my entire house and it's going to take four hours. Yeah. But then it's like the next day when inevitably you have to do the dishes, mm -hmm. you're tired because you spent four hours cleaning the night before. And it's like, you're, you start to lose that motivation, even though you just had a lot. Yeah. So I like the idea of taking it slow. Even if you feel like one day you have a lot of motivation, like you don't have to go all out, go all crazy, Yeah. but you know, breaking things down into smaller steps, I feel like also really helps. Yeah. And sometimes like some tasks are extremely daunting and you don't yeah. even want to start. So you don't do anything on it at all. So I think something is better than nothing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So definitely breaking it down to smaller steps and gradually working on it is definitely like whatever it is in this situation. Yeah. Like that's a really great way to kind of slowly motivate yourself or at least be productive, even if you don't have the motivation to like fully tackle like a goal or something head on yeah. kind of thing. I'm also yeah. a big fan of scheduling things in. Like for instance, I edit this podcast every single Sunday, 99% yeah. of the time. Yeah. Because if I don't, and it's just like, you've got to do the podcast whenever it's not going to get done Yeah. because like you end up working and then you have to make dinner and then you've got to clean up the kitchen after dinner and then it's time to wind down for bed. So if you're just waiting for, the perfect opportunity to get something done. It's never going to happen. Whereas if you're like, Oh, Sunday mornings, I do, you know, I deep clean the bathroom. I edit my podcast. I, you know, do the dishes, whatever it is. I feel like it makes it easier and it makes the decision-making like process go away. It's totally. a non-negotiable. Yeah. Because when something's routine, you don't need to be motivated to do it. You know, mm -hmm. like you're just doing it because 
that's your routine. Like, yeah. that's what you do on Sundays. Like, you're not yeah. waiting for motivation to, like, kickstart that. I think that's really, really great advice. I also think one of my sisters said this, like, when I was having, like, a huge breakdown to her a few weeks ago. And she was just kind of talking to me about, like, you know, seasons of life and whatever. Yeah. And she, it was kind of one of those where I was, like, spiraling downward. And I just, mm-hmm. like, couldn't stop myself from, like, continuing to spiral kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel this is, like especially like relevant for when we're talking about motivation, but Mm -hmm. being aware of your self-talk and what you actually believe when you're telling yourself things. So when it comes to like motivation, for instance, if you are always telling yourself like, oh, I'll do that later. Yeah. Will you actually do it later? You know what I mean? Will you actually show up for yourself Mm -hmm. or like, are you just kind of brushing it off and then it never gets done and then you're constantly letting yourself down? And I feel like this is maybe like really depressing and (laughs) maybe not like motivational or like inspirational, whatever. But I think it's something just to be like cautious of because for me, as soon as I'm like, oh my God, like I don't believe myself. I'm not showing up for myself. Like I'm allowing myself to just constantly let myself down. Like that's what kind of snaps me out of it and motivates me to do whatever it is I say I'm going to do and breaks the habit of just constantly putting things off until I'm motivated to do them. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I know it's kind of like dark maybe, but it's like, (laughs) I don't know. It's like that like reality check where it's just like, don't let yourself down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think that that maybe works well with like the idea of scheduling things where if you have the like talk with yourself you keep saying that you're going to deep clean the bathtub and you never do. So if you're putting it off today, you have to schedule sometime in this week to do it. Yeah. But that requires some self-awareness. Yeah. And my sister was saying like she found she was always shooting for the moon. So it was like deep cleaning the bathroom was the only option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's like, sometimes like if I don't have energy or motivation or if I'm constantly not showing up for myself, then I can't just shoot for the moon, assuming I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's like, so just set more realistic like goals, I guess, for yourself or those smaller tasks that we were talking about. And then that will like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's less daunting kind of going back to how we started this whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Cause I feel like I'm guilty of, I think it's maybe to do with like perfectionism where it's like, I can't, start putting away my laundry because I don't have the energy to put away my laundry and do like a new load and then deep clean my bedroom and then organize my closet where it's like you don't have to do all that you could just put away your laundry exactly do the other things other days yeah yeah as long as you do something you know I feel like that motivation will definitely come back and I think too we have an episode kind of on like routines and whatever Mm -hmm. And I think we recorded it right when I was reading Atomic Habits, which I absolutely loved. And I still recommend that book to everyone, especially if you're in a slump and you're like Mm -hmm. looking for motivation. Like I thought it was a really helpful self-help book, but the book is all about focusing on your systems. And I think that's something like when you're talking about like how to find motivation is Mm -hmm. find, you know, a system that works for you. And in this case, like in the case of the book, I was reading it while I was doing a workout program. So it was kind of like, find what motivates you to work out Mm -hmm. if it's, you know, or what's holding you back from working out. So like an example could be if you're like, I'm going to wake up at 6am and work out before my workday starts because I don't have time, you know, through the day, whatever, to do that workout, but you're not a morning person, then you're just setting yourself up to fail. Like that system isn't going to work for you. Yeah. So I think just focus on the system, break down those tasks and show up for yourself and that motivation will come. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So maybe actually this is a good segue into the next question, which is also a little bit about motivation, but more so about working out. So this person wrote in, I've lost all motivation to work out since summer ended. Any tips on how to get back on track? That's a great question. Yeah. I feel like it's easier to work out in the summer for sure because 
I mean, at least for me living in the city, I find so much time is spent like, oh, we're going to walk to this place or we're going to do this. Or like we had a pool in our backyard and we would do stuff outside. And especially if you live in a small place, like a small apartment, it can be really hard to be like, okay, now we have to push the furniture out of the way (laughs) to start doing a workout. Yeah. But... Obviously, it's still important to move your body. So this is a great question. Yeah. And I know this is so like bad, but I also am always encouraged through the summer to work out because I'm like, I'm wearing little tank tops. I'm wearing shorts. I'm, you know, like wearing bathing suits. And for like aesthetic reasons, for some reason that does like motivate me a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but then in the winter, it's like, well, I'm just like under huge sweaters anyway, you know, like I <laughs> yeah. don't feel like working out. Also, it's just like sunshine. Like I just feel motivated through yeah. the summer. I just said motivated. so weird just now, <laughs> but it's just like, I want to eat healthy. I want to move my body and it's sunny and beautiful out, whatever. But I think similar to what we were just saying for just like general motivation, same goes for working out is don't wait until you're motivated to work out. Like sometimes you have to just force yourself Mm -hmm. to turn on that workout video, to go to yoga class, to go for a walk. Because like, I feel like yoga with Adrian says this all the time, but showing up is the hardest part. And it's so, so true. Like once you're on the yoga mat, you're like, okay, well, yeah, you know, doing the actual yoga class is easy. But it's like the idea of like putting on your clothes, like grabbing your mat, like all that becomes like the daunting part we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. So you just have to push through that and just show up for yourself regardless. Yeah. I'm also a huge, I don't know what the right word is, like fan of walking. And I feel like people think walking doesn't do anything. Yeah. But that's not true. Like it might feel like it's not actually a workout but compared to sitting on the couch exactly like a mile of difference so I'm a huge huge fan even if you like something my family does like various members of my family is set a goal to walk every day for a month something Mm -hmm. like that and it's something that sounds so easy and so simple that it feels like why even bother scheduling this in or But then by the end of the month, you're like, no, that was hard. Yeah. Like you achieved something and it does improve your physical fitness. Like you see stories all the time of people who lost a bunch of weight by only walking. Yeah. And I just feel like in the winter, once I learned how to like dress appropriately for the snow, walking became so much fun. Like I got my big boots and my big gloves and hat and scarf And I could walk for like an hour and I look at everyone's like Christmas lights if they've got them up. And I just like, I live in a neighborhood where you can see in everyone's houses as soon as it gets dark. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, show me what is in your house. And I just have the (laughs) best time being like the nosiest neighbor. That's so funny. That's so true though. Like I find I'm that person where I'm like, no, walking isn't enough. Like Mm -hmm. I also need to go home and crush an ab workout or like, you know, do some sort of intense workout. But realistically, before the pandemic, I didn't ever really drastically gain weight, but I wasn't actively working out ever. Yeah. It was all just because of the commute. Like, yeah, I took, you know, I walked to the subway, walked to the bus, like commuting. I got so many steps in commuting. And as soon as I stopped doing that commute because of the pandemic and started working from home, that's when I started like gaining weight, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's not because I stopped going to yoga once a week. Like, yeah because that was part of the routine. It was just in the steps and the commute and stuff. So definitely recommend that too. I I can get behind that. Yeah. I think another thing that's brought up like in all the fitness forums and all the Facebook groups and stuff is finding an accountability partner. Yes. And whether that's like hiring a personal trainer or if it's, you know, being in one of these groups and finding an online buddy or someone in your family. Yeah. I know like I have an Apple watch and it always has challenges that isn't necessarily with a person, but it's still, I find keeps me accountable to do some form of fitness. Yeah. And I know like my mom signs up for challenges where she has to walk. So she has to walk around the Island of Australia virtually. 
Oh my goodness. I know. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. And, yeah. But then you like submit how far you walk every day. And when you're done, you get a medal. That's like, very cool. It's yeah. kind of like what you were talking about at the beginning with like those systems. Yeah. I feel like if you have these kind of systems in place, it not only holds you accountable, but it also, I feel like makes it feel more like a reward when you're successful because yeah. you get to share your success with other people. It's not just like, yeah, I killed that. I'll keep that locked inside and yeah. think about it. You know, yeah, like you yeah, get yeah. to celebrate with other people. Yeah, 100%. At my last job, we used to do step challenges mm-hmm. and it was crazy how much that motivated me to go for a walk every day. Yeah. Like, and it was just, I think, I'm trying to remember what app we use. It was totally free. I think it was called Stride Kick. Hmm. And you can like just sign up basically for free and join or like create a team, I guess. Or I think even they have just like public teams that Mm -hmm. you can join if like you don't have your own team and you just sign up individually. But that was always so good. It would be like a month long challenge and whoever had the most steps at the end essentially won. So I think that's great. You can do it with your team at work because I think come winter, like again, this is like common like everyone kind of loses that motivation to work out yeah so I bet everybody at work would be like on board for this you know what I mean or do it with your family do it with your friends like put some sort of competition in there to get kind of light the fire under everyone's butts (laughs) yeah I feel like even if you make a workout an activity like Mm -hmm. if you're like hey friend you want to go out and grab a coffee and go for a walk yeah or do you want to sign up for this workout class with me exactly and then it becomes social and fun but you get the benefit of still moving your body yeah even just like taking a hike or going for a walk through the park with your friend or like suggesting that for a date idea like especially like Christmas light like walking around the neighborhood looking at Christmas lights on a date like how cute love that Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like above all else, kind of going back to like find something that encourages you or motivates you. I feel like I, anytime I stop working out, I instantly feel it in my mental health and I just feel like, so, you know, irritable, whatever. So for me, like if I'm like, how do I word this? But just like I'm finding it hard to show up for myself to move my body mm-hmm. if I'm just like, but this will be good for me mentally as well. Yeah. There's no denying that. You know what I mean? And it's like makes it a good reason for me to prioritize it in my day to day where I'm like, yes, I'm moving my body. That's great for all these reasons, but it's really great for my mental health as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So the next question we got was that lots of companies are hiring and I'm envious of all my friends who are starting new jobs. Where do I start when looking for a new job and how do I keep positive after so much work rejection? I love this question. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think it's so relatable when you're in your 20s because yeah. like, first of all, I feel like there's a little bit of like, comparison in here you know like yeah yeah which is not great and like I don't know I feel like that's one thing but also just being like okay I'm ready for something new yeah when do I make that move how do I do it I think this is a great question yeah I think that I feel like people who maybe like of older generations don't realize how hard it is and how much time is spent applying to jobs 100 like I feel like we've all seen the memes that are like a boomer's like just knock on the door and use a firm handshake and you'll get the job <laughs> and it's like obviously people maybe aren't that naive yeah but it is almost like another full-time job of truly applying updating your resume and writing cover letters and updating your portfolio and reaching out to people yeah like it's a lot yeah and like chances are you're doing this after your actual full-time job. So like if you're currently working and you're like, I'm desperate to get out of here, you're probably burnt out from your nine to five job. Then after that, you need to now fix up your resume, like write all these, you know, job applications, whatever. So it's like, you're tired. This is why you're looking for a new job. Mm -hmm. How do you have energy to apply to new jobs? So (laughs) I I totally feel that. Oh God, this is bringing me back to the last time I was like applying to yeah. jobs and you're just like so desperate for something to work out. You feel like you're sending all these resumes out yeah. and you're not hearing back, like literally the worst. 
But yeah. one thing I do want to remind you, especially when it's how do I keep positive after so much work rejection, I just want to remind you that it takes applying to a million jobs, maybe not a million. This is not a hardcore <laughs> fact. <laughs> But it takes applying to a million jobs just to land a handful of interviews to ultimately get one job. Like when I think of how many resumes I've put out in my lifetime, I've only had like five jobs tops, like three of them being three or four of them being full-time jobs. You know what I mean? Like it sucks, but like that's something I think to help you keep positive is like, don't feel like it's a waste of time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like something is bound to stick. You just need to kind of, I guess, wait it out or like keep positive that it will work out and you will find that one job. Yeah. It really is a numbers game. Like I know you can see on Reddit and stuff, people share how many jobs they apply to and then how many interviews they get. And it's, you know, like 1% of things you apply to, you actually get an interview for. Yeah. And so as much as it's like, maybe that's a depressing thing. It's like, it's reassuring though. Yeah. And like keep applying, you. keep applying. Exactly. Don't be waiting for the perfect job and don't be overthinking that. Yeah. Oh, I can't send in my resume. Cause I'm missing that one skill. Yes. Like just keep applying because it is a numbers game more so than anything else. Yeah, 100%. And I think in this case, if you have friends who are making moves or changing their jobs, talk to those friends. You yeah. know what I mean? Like like I was saying, don't just compare yourself to them. Like talk to them, get their advice, listen yeah. to what they have to say, learn from their experience because if they're making those moves that you're wanting to make, clearly they've done, you know, they're doing mm-hmm. something to get there. So yeah. Try to learn from that. And it's another way to hear about more jobs. Like I know totally in my industry, a lot of places, they don't post on like LinkedIn or Indeed. Right. They'll post on Instagram. So then it's like, well, if you're not following them, how do you know? Yeah. So ask your friends, like keep an eye out. I want to be a PR person. Look for that kind of role coming up and then let me know and I'll apply. Yes. Like the more people who know, like I said, again, it's a numbers game. The more likely you are to see a job posting and then you apply and it's just a number on your side yeah and I think kind of outside of your friends like reach out to your extended network Mm -hmm. so for me and my past it's been past professors like people um, who taught me in college they're still connected to the industry so you know my first job I was so desperate to get out of there and I was like (laughs) if you hear of anything let me know you know because they would give me a reference. Like it all just kind of worked out. Same with past peers, like keep in touch with them or just yeah. connect with them on LinkedIn, reach out to them, past coworkers, like whatever it is, and just let them know that you're looking to make a move and just to think of you or keep you in mind if they hear of any job openings. Yeah. I In line with that is to keep your LinkedIn and your website and your resume always up to date. Yeah, Because you never know who might be looking at your LinkedIn. You never yeah. know who might reach out and be like, hey, can you send me a resume? Yes. And so if this is something that you're serious about, you need those things to be looking top notch. Yeah, 100%. And we have a whole episode on how to like fix up your resume, things to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we talk a lot about LinkedIn in that episode. Like, so definitely go give that a listen if this is like what you're focused on right now in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's good to sort of customize at definitely your cover letter um, for most jobs, especially if it's a job you're really passionate about your resume, because if you are someone who's doing the hiring, you're going to be looking through so many resumes. Yes. And you want yours to be personal and to stand out And so that's obviously very important because you're not going to get the interview without that, no matter how good your interview skills are. That's so true. So I feel like don't mass apply to jobs. Like don't use one resume and apply to every single job under the sun with it. Like you want to, like you said, customize it, tweak it for each job. And yeah, I think that's, that's great. Yeah. I feel like it's so easy to, especially with LinkedIn, like the amount of jobs that are like LinkedIn easy applies. Where it's How do you like, feel about that? 
if it's a job that literally like if it's a video editor job and I'm a video editor I'm like okay hell yeah let's easy apply yeah but if it's like something like sometimes I'll apply to social media jobs because that's kind of related to what I do yeah but I'm not going to use the LinkedIn easy apply for that because my entire LinkedIn says video editor video editor video editor yeah like if that's the case and it's something that's a little bit outside of my day-to-day or maybe a move that I'm trying to make in my career, that's yeah. where I'm like, I need to create a custom resume that lists yeah. out the social media things I do, maybe mentioning the video editing, but not where that's the focus and apply with that. Yeah, that makes sense. Honestly, I don't know why. I feel like I've not write anything about this. It's just my own like personal opinion (laughs) as I find easy applies just like the easy way out. Right. And I'm always like, no, I will never (laughs) do it. Like I will always upload a resume just to show that I put in like that extra effort. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So interesting. I feel like jobs that have the easy apply have so many more applicants. Yeah. Like with video editing jobs, it'll be like, okay, this company posts a video editing job and it's like, send like upload your resume and they'll have a hundred applicants. If it's an easy apply, it'll have 500 500 plus. So I feel like it's obviously people who are just, they search by easy apply and spam apply Yeah, because it's a click of a button. And I feel like that's why I don't like it. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be lumped in with those people. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like I want to be like, I don't know, stand out and be like, I actually want this. Like you weren't just one of those that I mass applied to in my easy apply filter. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, every job I apply to, I kind of like rank differently for how much effort I put in. Mm -hmm. So if it's like, I know this job wouldn't be good, but it would pay well okay, then I'll upload my resume and I'll do this where it's like, this job is my passion. This is my dream job. So I'm like, sometimes Indeed has like the extra questions. I'm going into so much detail in those extra questions. (laughs) I'm uploading this and that. Yeah. So it also, I don't know. It depends on how passionate you are for the job you're applying to. Yeah. You know, what's funny while you were talking, it just occurred to me, literally all the jobs that I've gotten, even internships, Mm -hmm. I got the ones I thought... I bombed Hmm. like if it was in the resume or in my interview yeah like I remember even my internship I got this I don't even remember what it was like a marketing internship at pre-loved I don't know if they're I think they're still around but they do like upcycled clothing and stuff right okay um so this was when I was in college and I remember I went on so many internships because internships are a whole different thing Mm -hmm. because you're like I'm not even getting paid to do this why am I (laughs) why am I spending so much time and effort like on these applications but anyways they're great things I do like encourage everybody to do internships and whatever but anyways getting (laughs) sidetracked I remember I did so many interviews went to all these really fancy places downtown Mm -hmm. and I was just like oh yeah this is my life I'm in the city now (laughs) then I went to the pre-loved one and it was like in Scarborough and I was like in the back of like this warehouse like Mm -hmm. factory situation and I remember coming home it was pouring rain out that day I remember coming home texting my sister being like oh I think I bombed that and then the next day I got it and I was Hmm. like, what the heck? Same when I like started working anthropology part-time in school, I had no idea what anthropology was. I have no idea why they hired me because I had no (laughs) retail experience. I knew nothing about the company. Yeah. Totally bombed it. And yet I got it. Like, I'm not trying to like brag here or anything, but it's just like (laughs) sometimes yes, go above and beyond with the effort. But sometimes it's also the ones that you bomb that end up working out, Yeah, you know, like, and just, roll with it yeah (laughs) yeah the job that I have I my interview it must have been in like 2018 maybe okay but I don't know why that's important to the story in fact it's (laughs) not at all but in case you need to envision what Toronto looked like it was 2018 (laughs) in your mind and I showed up for my interview three hours early because I had written oh it down gosh, wrong. Oh my gosh, I remember this. <laughs> and like it, w- it was in my calendar, right? But it's like I had looked at it that morning and then just completely misremembered it. And I went <laughs> out there. But they were kind of convinced that they had somehow messed it up. So I just kind of rolled with it. And then in the... So I was like, okay, so I'm not getting this job, obviously, because I just... 
Because I'm too keen. Yeah, well, I'm like, <laughs> it's pretty clear I obviously don't know how to read or I don't know how to use a calendar. So then the whole interview, I feel like I was really relaxed because I was like, there's no stakes yes. because they're not going to hire me. Yes. And I was like joking about it. Like I was like, I'm not going to tell you I'm organized because clearly, clearly I'm not. <laughs> and they were like laughing. And then we just like talked about like the shows we were going to see downtown and like all kinds of different stuff. And then they ended up hiring me. Yeah. So it's like, what? I and they were that. like, yeah, because it's like one really minor mistake. And I was like, yeah, it's actually just that I was so excited to meet you. And they're like, yeah, we could tell, you know, like, (laughs) and here I am. Yeah. I love that so much. That's so, so funny. I feel like all of this is just to say that honestly, the universe works in mysterious ways, guys, and things will always work out the way they are meant to. Like, I think back to one of my jobs, I was so desperate to get out, but I stuck it out for a couple more months until Mm -hmm. like... I actually got a job offer from like all the resumes I put out there in the meantime or whatever, yeah. but it was months after I had applied and right, in those right. months, like there was so much happened that I feel like was such good personal growth for me. Like I started indirectly managing a team in those months and mm-hmm. like, I don't know, not everybody believes in this and I totally no- get that. But for me, it was like, it wasn't my time to move on yet. You know yeah. what I mean? So nothing worked out. But as soon as I was like, okay, I'm actually ready to move on. And the universe was like, hey, girl, here you go. Here's your next opportunity. Yeah. And that's how it kind of worked out. Yeah. And I feel like even as someone like I've been laid off before, it's like all of these opportunities, whether it's you're being laid off or you're just finding yourself unhappy with your work, like it's a time to reflect and figure out, okay, is what I'm doing what I really want to be doing? Totally. What would I change? What do I want my work to look like? Because yeah. I feel like, I don't know, for a lot of people, it's like you leave school and then obviously you have to start working to, you know, pay your student loans and pay for food and pay your rent. And you get kind of like stuck in a cycle. Yeah. Whereas if you're really unhappy, figure out like what your dream scenario is yeah and try to go for that yeah oh I love that yeah that's really good yeah (laughs) thanks okay so I feel we've now hyped them up for their work life yeah especially on that last bit still (laughs) (laughs) still resonating still resonating yes but the next question is all about dating and this one I resonate with a lot as well. Mm -hmm. So this person wrote in, I go on a lot of first dates. However, not many turn into anything, not even a second date. I'm starting to think I'm the problem. Help. So (laughs) when I first read this, I was like, (laughs) first thing that came in my mind was Charlotte York from Sex and the City. Mm -hmm. And I feel it's been a while since we had a Sex and the City reference. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to sidetrack this a minute, but... Charlotte York being like, I've been dating since I was 15. I'm exhausted. Where is he? (laughs) (laughs) That was the vibe I was getting from this. Sorry, before we go into answer this, have you seen, I just saw today that the Sex and the City like reboot Mm -hmm. and Airbnb teamed up. Yeah. Did you see that? Yes. I was like, oh my God. And they're renting it out for $23 a night. I was like, this is going to be insane. So it's going to be obviously like, gone in no time yeah. and like all booked up but I went to the Airbnb page today mm-hmm. and it was all about like it's hosted by Sarah Jessica Parker like it's like Ooh. they've gone to the max and I was yeah. just like wow sex in the city this is this is good yeah it was really good they have a lot of I feel like branding stuff like I saw Sarah Jessica Parker just had like a new bag come out and Jeez. like I yeah I feel this. like the brand the, partnerships are going to be on point yeah But what's so interesting, this is me just being a huge snob right now, (laughs) is their social media for it sucks. Like, their social media content, I'm like, who is running this? Like, Sarah Jessica Parker herself, like, it's, like, very low effort and, like, weird. But the PR around it is amazing. So, Hmm. anyways, I was just like, Tegan, let's go to New York because I'm securing the Carrie Bradshaw Airbnb. (laughs) Honestly, if we get in, I'm down. I feel like I'm going to try because I feel like it's... You got nothing to lose, you know? Yeah. I think this episode comes out the day after the Airbnb goes live, Ooh. in which case it's probably already sold out and hopefully Tegan and I have Yeah, we'll be on spots. the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, girl, I'm I'm going to book a flight if we get it. Yeah. Once it come out, the show's December. Sh- yeah, yeah. 
Oh, it better be Christmassy. We'll see. But anyways, <laughs> back to dating, feeling like you're the reason your dates aren't turning into anything. First of all, I feel like Sex and the City is the best show to watch yes. in this scenario. <laughs> yes. Because first of all, it's kind of like the jobs. Like you have to go on a lot of dates. If they're mm -hmm. first dates, second dates, whatever. You have to go on a lot of dates, meet a lot of people yeah. to find the one. You yes. know? Yes. Like I know that's maybe cliche and again, maybe not what you want to hear. But good things take time. And I feel like it's okay if not all those first dates turn yeah. into something. Because... If they all turned into something, you'd have a million boyfriends. Like, this yeah. is not realistic. That would be an mean? inconvenient problem. Yeah. <laughs> but I do feel like, like, you just meet so many people. And mm -hmm. it, it can reach a point where you're like, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe yeah. I could just be riding solo the rest of my life. But then I do feel like when you meet that person where it clicks, you it's know. like instant. Yeah. And yes. you know, and you're like, okay, this is what I've been waiting for. Yes. Okay, girl, this is like also like slight like hype up for me personally too, <laughs> but that is it 100%. And yeah. this is something I'm constantly reminding myself. And this is also extremely cliche. Sorry, I'm throwing all the cliches at you today, <laughs> <laughs> but it's that quality over quantity yeah. where like every date I've been on. So sometimes I get also extremely insecure being like, I don't go on that many second or third dates. Like the majority of the dates I go on are first dates. Yeah. And like, yeah, eventually you start to think like, why is that? You know, yeah. but when I actually think about it and like reflect and like, you know, tune into myself for a second, I'm like, honestly, all those first dates I went on that didn't go to a second date, I didn't want them to. Like, yeah, yeah. It, when I was on that date, like, sure, it was fine. Mm hmm. But it wasn't like I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, yeah. this is so great. There's nowhere I'd rather be than with this person in this exact moment. Like, all of them, I was like, this was fine. But yeah. I would have had more fun sitting at home with a glass of wine watching Sex in the City by myself, you yeah. know. So I think, you know, don't measure your success by the number of dates you're going on. More so, you know, how you're feeling when you're on those mm -hmm. dates. And I think that is a good, yeah, little reminder. Yeah. Well, think of let's say you're trying to make like a new best friend because let's say the person you end up dating, your soulmate, they're going to be like one of your best friends probably. Hopefully, yes. Yeah. And so think of even just like the friends you meet out of all the people you run into. Like mm -hmm. it's rare for you to meet someone and be like, this is going to be my really good friend. Yeah. Like maybe one person that you work with, maybe yeah. one person, you know, and that's kind of normal and acceptable. But for some reason, it's like with dating, there's this standard that you have to go out and meet the perfect guy in a cute scenario. And it's going to be yes. like you touch hands on the subway. And when Sparks it's like, flying. Yeah, yeah, that's not really realistic. Just like how it's not realistic for you to make best friends with someone who's buying a coffee behind you at Starbucks. Yeah. Like these things take time and there's a lot of error, like the amount of terrible yes. people I meet that I'm like, I never want to talk to you again, <laughs> let alone have you be my friend. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Yeah. 100%. Another thing that like helps me when I am feeling insecure about this is doing a little gut check mm -hmm. and just saying like, why isn't there a second date? Yeah. Like, for me personally, I feel like I hold myself back in a, like a lot of the time where mm. I'm like, you know, for personal problems, whatever. And it's more so just like, okay, things I need to work on, you know, right. like opening myself up to people so they know I'm open to a second date, you right, know, or right. something like that. Or if it's like a second date, I feel like that's when you start kind of like holding back. I don't know. So just doing a little gut check and seeing if there's something that you do want to work on for yourself. Or is it just the fact that you're waiting around? You're always waiting for the other person to initiate the second date. Right. You know, right. like maybe you did have a good time. Maybe you're not standing in your own way. Yeah. But you're waiting on them. Maybe you just need to reach out to them and like ask them for the second date. You're yeah. the one to initiate it. So yeah, just maybe do a little self-reflection. Journal it out. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I love that. Because I feel like it's also easy, like you were saying, to reflect back and be like, why aren't I getting a second date? I must be horrible. I must be ugly when That's it's what like I feel this person's doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because they're like, I'm starting to think I'm the problem. How? Yeah. When it's like maybe when you're reflecting back, you are more interested in the idea of dating than the actual person. When Ooh. the person 
is the most important part and should come before the idea of dating. Yes. And I think if you get to that point, especially with like dating apps where it's again, like applying to jobs becomes a full-time job, Mm -hmm. dating can become a full-time job. So if you reach the point where you're just more so like obsessed with dating versus like finding a person for you, Mm -hmm. maybe take a hiatus from your dating apps, you know, like it's okay to take time for yourself and just like recharge, you know, like get that energy back or like step away from the situation and like gain some perspective or like refresh your perspective because dating really should be a fun experience, you know, meeting people. It should empower you, not have you like questioning everything about yourself or Mm -hmm. making you think you're the problem. So take a break if it starts wearing you down. Yeah, I love that because it should be fun. And like, obviously it can be stressful to put yourself out there, but it shouldn't feel like work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, I feel it's always, I think we also have an episode on this. It's like getting ready for a date. It's always Mm -hmm. like anxiety inducing. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the small chat being like, okay, like, initiating a date like Mm -hmm. all of that but as soon as I'm on a date like usually it's a fun time you know and like that's the part you should be enjoying and getting to know somebody yeah yeah and I feel like once it gets to that point you'll either know and be like I want to go on a second date and then I think if that's the case you should let the person know yeah 100 Um, percent. and if not be like hey I tried Yes. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah. I actually think that's another really great thing to like mention is like if like it's not turning into anything because you're being ghosted, like make sure you're not ghosting people too. Like don't be a double standard kind of thing. You know what I mean? Don't put those vibes into the world. Yeah. So it's like maybe do some self-reflection like while you're reflecting on dating in general. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah. Something you said made me think of that. And now I'm like, I don't remember how that connects. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. We're rolling with it. <laughs> yeah. So the last oh, three gosh. questions we have are like podcast related, less like advice and more just like questions about us. So the first one is what is the hardest subject to cover on the podcast? Mm. I feel like the the episode where I felt the most like maybe insecure was the mental health episode because that that was an early one, but Mm. it felt like simultaneously I was opening up too much and also that I was being like a poser, Mm. which I feel like is a big, I don't know, part in like mental health is like, well, you're not sick enough. Mm. And so I felt like, not now listening to it, like I'm proud yeah. of that episode, but definitely recording it. It was like, yeah. I don't know, those kind of feels. Yeah, I feel like I've, I know we're like, hey, we can, yeah, rapid fire through these ones. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're like very in our feels reflecting. Yeah. I honestly think like Tegan and I already have like a episode for the end of the year plan for like a yearly review kind of thing. yeah. And it just kind of coincides with, like, when we started this podcast. But, like, this year was, like, not one of my best years. Yet mm. I'm coming on this podcast being, like, this is how you live your best right, life. Right. So I've experienced so much imposter syndrome, yeah. like, through this, regardless yeah. of the topic. So I'm, like, mm. I don't know. Like, yeah. they're all kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. It is hard to come on and talk about monthly goals if you haven't achieved them. Yeah. Which I feel like maybe that's important and why we should keep talking about it because yeah. obviously like listeners aren't going to be achieving their goals every single month yeah, yeah. or if they are, they're probably not setting their goals high enough, yeah. but it is hard to be like, okay, a month ago I said publicly I was going to do this thing <laughs> and I did not even start. It's on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and so probably when we get to the year end, it'll be like okay um yeah yeah. some of our goals we definitely reached I remember them but some of them like I don't even remember so I probably didn't reach them if I'm not thinking about them now yeah yeah I'd say the easiest things for me to talk about are work yeah like because that is just something I get like passionately chatting about all the time yeah but I feel like yeah the self-development stuff can be hard to talk about and also dating just Mm. because it's like I don't go on a million dates you know what I mean like so it's like 
I don't know what advice to give people. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know if my yeah, yeah. advice resonates. I'm also like, I feel totally different, like totally differently minded. I don't know how else to word that. I'm sorry. That was awkward. <laughs> then my friends, like when we're oh, talking okay. about dates and stuff, right? they'll be like, can you believe he did that? And I'm like, what's so wrong with that? Or oh, like right. watching the bachelorette or whatever. And they'll be like this guy. Oh my God. And I'm like, I like this guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. So yeah. I'm like, Hey, I don't know. So talking about dating on the podcast is also kind of hard for me. Yeah. Me too. Cause it's like, I met my husband the second week of university yeah. and it's like, those are your prime, like dating, partying hookup years. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know. Especially because our dating was like, we'd go to the movies or we'd like yeah. hang out in my dorm. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I skipped the dating one. app thing. Oh, girl. So lucky. I know. I want the part I want is to judge people and swipe. Like, girl, I don't want open to ever. my app. <laughs> I will. I don't want to talk to the Why people. Why haven't we done that? I just want to be like, swipe, swipe, swipe. Because that Perfect. sounds fun to me. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> we now have our next podcast episode yeah. where we live record Tegan swiping people. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we'll like screen record and uh, <laughs> I'll just be like, so this guy's name is Enrique. That and he our, says this. Yeah. <laughs> our YouTube like video yeah, podcast for debut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. For Patreon. Oh, man. So funny. The next question is, what is the most challenging part about making a podcast? I think kind of that imposter syndrome kicks in. I put that in here as well. Mm -hmm. I would say the consistency Mm. for me, because it just, it happens literally every week. (laughs) (laughs) For 41 weeks. Yeah, is the point. But at the same time, it's like, some weeks you're just like, I want a break. But then it's like. I feel this is tying this whole episode together, actually, because, like, there's some weeks. Tegan's not taken a single week off since we started doing this. And, like, she edits the podcast and everything. Yeah. I feel like I took the one week off from recording, and I feel like I, like, definitely have, like, slacked on, like, social content some weeks and stuff. But it's, like, we keep showing up even when we don't want to. You know what I mean? Like through this whole year, Tegan's planned an entire wedding. You know what I mean? But she's still showing up for the podcast. And like we've switched jobs, but we're Mm -hmm. still showing up for the podcast. So like it is hard, but I think that's been – the question is what's the most challenging part of making a podcast? Like the consistency is hard. It's also kind of the most rewarding because I'm like if I were doing this by myself – I would be done by oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we would not be here in person recording yeah. this 41 weeks later. Yeah. Like, so it's challenging but rewarding. Yeah. Oh, and definitely. And you fight through even when you're not motivated yeah. to do it. Yeah. yeah. I just – I feel like I enjoy most things with it. It's just there are days, Where especially the work. like – yeah. yeah, especially like a Sunday. Yes. If I like went out Saturday and I wake up and I'm tired and I'm like, I know I have to edit the podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, ugh. But then I do it and then it's done. And I think what helps is that it's relatively like simple. Like we don't do anything too crazy. It's just like us having a conversation. Yeah. So the editing doesn't take me too long. I think if it was a bigger production, I don't know that I could have kept going. Yes. But I have. And here we are. (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) Hopefully for another 41 weeks. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I, I do think... It'll be nice, like looking back. Yeah, like I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's It'll what be people. Cute. Yeah, that's what people always say about vlogging. Like yeah. all the vloggers I watch on YouTube, they're like, "I started doing this when I was twelve years old. Like I have my whole life documented." I'm like, "That's so nice." Like yeah. for them personally, you know. Yeah. It's kind of weird you like make that public so everybody's along this journey with you, but I feel that's yeah. what makes it so, like, awesome. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's nice. I just think like, I don't know. It's nice to have things on the record, <laughs> public. <laughs> like I think about, I don't know. I, like I did a would... podcast with my grandma. Yes. And oh, then it's so like, good. I will always have like a video recording of my grandma's voice. Yes. Yeah. Love that. I if love that girl, too. if you die tomorrow, I can listen to oh these episodes of the oh podcast. Actually, like, so yes. funny. I feel now we're just getting into chats, but <laughs> this is the problem when we're recording in person. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, wanted I wanted to tell you this, like, when I saw you in person last. But anyways, at Tegan's wedding, there were two people that were like, 
are you Sadie? And I was like, yes. Ooh. They're like, oh, yeah, I know your voice from the podcast. <gasps> oh, my God. And I was like, what? Like, it's just so <laughs> funny. Yeah. But I'm like, wow, yeah. People know now my you're voice. Famous. Like, yeah. And obviously, it's not a surprise that people in your circle would know of the podcast. Yeah. But not yeah. know me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was just like, yes. So Interesting. little shout out. Thanks, guys, for being yeah. like making me feel good and like a celebrity for having a podcast. Yes. <laughs> for recognizing my voice. Oh, anyway so good my voice is off today so i do apologize for that. <laughs> we're still, still recovering, recovering. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay man. last question so it's has podcasting changed the way you approach anything in your day-to-day life i feel like all of this i'll talk about more in like our year-end episode mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. little little sneak peek i guess hang in there another couple weeks to get the answer to that one (laughs) I'm just kidding I don't know I feel like no Mm. because yeah I feel like this podcast this is like so deep and I'm so sorry it's also like late when we're recording this I'm just like starting to spill my soul Yeah. yeah but like we started this podcast because I feel like I was always like yeah live your best life like yeah 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 right right and then this year I was like the one who needed that content, not the yeah. one who could produce it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I've been struggling this year and I feel like the podcast hasn't really been helping me. Mm. Instead, it's just been making me like I was saying, like have imposter syndrome because right. I'm like, I'm preaching this, but I'm having a really hard time mm-hmm. practicing it in my day to day. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's been weird. But maybe it would have been worse if you weren't maybe thinking about it like the only ways that I can think of it changing my life is like maybe I think more about like yeah. goal setting and yeah. trying to be better, which is stuff that I didn't think about like right overly much like on the day to day. That's why I feel like maybe even just having it like be in your mind. Yeah. I think too, for me, what it has helped with is just like, Oftentimes, you guys have been listening to this for a few weeks. This podcast just becomes like my open rant session. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> so I true. feel like it's just like blowing steam sometimes. Yeah. Like, and that has been extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that like changes anything in my day to day life. Yeah. It has, I feel like, made like us therapy. closer because it's yeah. like a consistent standing date where we see each other yes. and can talk. And even though, like, most times we don't really talk overly much outside of what the podcast is, yeah, it still can be like, hey, how's your job? Oh, it's good. Okay, yeah. cool. You know? Yeah. And we deep dive. Yeah. You know, like, I can't imagine. Well, yeah, I kind of can because it's me. But, like, just, like, sitting down <laughs> and, like, asking, like, probing questions or, yeah. like, you know, like, having, like, an outline to be like, okay, Tegan, we're going to talk about this in extreme yes. depth. Yeah. Like, that's not how conversations work <laughs> so it's like yeah, yeah this has been good yeah. in our friendship I think yeah amazing well that is the last question yeah so we are gonna wrap up this Q&A episode thank you guys so much for listening we drop a new episode every single Tuesday and between Tuesdays you can find us on social media we are at our golden 20s on Instagram TikTok Facebook Pinterest you name it, we're there. We also have a Patreon, which is the best way to support the podcast for as little as $2 a month. Um, you also get exclusive or you get access to exclusive content as well as we drop all of our episodes early there. So definitely check it out. It is a fun time. And I think that's everything. So we will see you guys next Tuesday. 